the swag after boss. And welcome to another episode of the Sartorio and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, and art is something that, well, defines a lot of our lives. And art for many of us comes in many shapes forms, sizes, you name it. Art is a way of expressing the very depths of the human soul when just speaking it will not suffice. And for me, the art that has touched me, that has shaped me, that has molded me and molded my expressiveness, my creativeness, has been poetry. And that really started way back in elementary school with learning about Edgar Allan Poe and Langston Hughes. I remember those poets in their works, ones that really stand out for my formative years in elementary school or grade school, as it's called in some areas. And I remember distinctly Langston Hughes' poem, I Too Am America, and reciting that during Black History Month. And for Edgar Allan Poe, the first one that I ever read by him was Annabelle Lee. Annabelle Lee is it's a good poem. It is not anything that wows you. But then you read The Raven. The Raven is, is really the poem that set forth the way that I write. It casts this grand illusion of the scene. It sets a mood. It gives you that sense of dread of the main character of this raven and what this raven reminds him of. It does it better than many short stories. It does it better than many novels ever could. And I think that's one reason why the raven has been such a, even though it's a short poem, is one that is translated very well to visual media simply because Poe painted such a very vivid picture with his short or long novel. I mean, just listen to the opening lines. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I ponder weak and weary over a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Just the very mood, you see this guy was just sleeping and all of a sudden some strangers came knocking at my door and it startled him and even the way that the lines are formulated gives you the very notion that he was startled and discombobulated because he was asleep and then someone came knocking at his door out of the blue and that's a feeling that I'm pretty sure we've all had at least once in our lives. And from there, with that elementary school um, education poetry, then I moved into middle school. In middle school, really, it was, I want to say it was eighth grade. I don't remember exactly. I'm getting kind of old here. But it was really learning about the Harlem Renaissance and really learning about how the poets of the Harlem Renaissance particularly utilized the poetry to really speak on the racial injustices at the time. Now, I will tell you, I grew up in Baltimore City, so I have a certain bias uh, toward Edgar Allan Poe. And I have a certain bias toward this next poem, even 
30 plus years later this is a poem that still rings true to me that I never forget and this is the incident by County Cullen I will tell you that it contains a explicitive word in this poem if you've never heard it before so I'm warning you now before I recite it when riding in old Baltimore heart filled head filled with glee I saw a Baltimorean keep straight looking at me now I was only eight and he was no bit bigger so I waved but he poked out his tongue and called me nigger. I toured the whole of Baltimore from May until December. Of all the things that happened there, that's all that I remember. This poem, and, and trust me, I had to recite and learn many poems from the Harlem Renaissance during that time in eighth grade, but this poem always stuck with me. One, because it speaks about an incident that happened in the very city that I grew up in. But two, it speaks how a childlike innocence can be disrupted and destroyed by racism. And how that even to this day is still something that we deal with, not just as an American culture, but a world culture as well. So poetry for me has always been an outlet for me in my in my life and I really started writing in high school and there was more or less creative writing thinking of a topic writing a poem I had very wonderful teachers who encouraged me to write and then when I got to college more of it went to the same and then there was it changed my poetry very much became a part of how I express myself not so much just for being creative I would say really grad school or so it changed to really just me expressing myself a lot of my poetry came from my uh, romantic endeavors of the time the lust and love I was feeling experiencing handling that understanding that uh, not so much writing poetry through that observational lens that I used to write it before. It was very much a way of, of therapy for me for dealing with, again, my romantic life, but also the turmoil that I dealt with personally from me growing up and reconciling things with a father from a, you know, a marriage that ended when I was quite young to my own spirituality uh, to just really understanding what my concept of a man was so a lot of my poetry in that time reflected that so I use as my own therapy my own way of expressing myself and then I stopped uh, life happened uh, really grief happened I lost someone very important to me in my life around 2004 and it took me a very long time creatively well, personally, but creatively in this case to come out of it. And I personally didn't start writing again. Uh, it took me about a year, but even then it wasn't like it was. I, I really didn't start writing again on the regular until about 2008, 2009, and then I stopped again. And then in the past three years, I have written a storm and it's been great in this year and it's weird COVID has been such an interesting time because my poetry has shifted away from that sort of personal 
exercising of my own inner thoughts. And so use it for that. It's so wonderful for that. But I also have been using it as a lens of observation of people, of really expressing my perceptions of those that I meet, of things that happen around me. It's, it's really been a, a wonderful creative process. So my poetry, uh, really, I take a lot of my inspiration from Poe and, and that alliteration and really creating a mood and an atmosphere and a feeling uh, with that. And it's one of the things I, I love about poetry, uh, much like I always say Mel Brooks movies are the perfect movies to watch. Uh, if you're looking for a comedy, as a child, you watch them and you find the humor sophomoric. But as an adult, when you watch them, there's so many deep jokes that only an adult will get. I think poetry is very much the same way. Uh, Shakespeare, one of the greatest poets ever, um, so they say, never got Shakespeare in high school when I read him. Never got it. Never clicked for me. I got to college. Totally clicked. It is the weirdest thing. I totally understood. I became enamored with Shakespeare. Uh, uh, we read Othello in freshman English. Uh, re around the same time, uh, Much Ado About Nothing came out. And then Romeo and Juliet came out with Leonardo DiCaprio. And the words, in this case, accompanied with the screen, just really showed how much emotion, how much illustration that an artist like Shakespeare really put into his writing not just his poetry but also his plays as well and that's very much what I say with uh, Poe. Poe, I love Poe but Poe has set a narrative for me with really writing to create a feeling, a mood and poetry is very much the same thing that things that I read as a child and younger that I read now that just speak to me because I'm a different person. I'm a person who has understood more, learned more, experienced more. And that's one of the things I love about the written word. The more you read it, you go back to it, you find things that are different. Even with a poem, a poem, I love it because no two people will necessarily get the same thing from reading a poem and I absolutely love it, at least the way it's written. Um, I tend to write more figuratively, I tend more to write more emotionally to convey a mood and experience and I've realized when I write these things I'm thinking one way but someone else may be thinking another with the sort of imagery that I'm trying to portray or the figurative language that I'm using. So poetry is such a wonderful uh, masterpiece of a form of literary art that I employ in my daily life I employ in my writing style and I just genuinely love it. I just wanted to talk about just how poetry is just wonderful and that's my rant on poetry for today we're going to take a break to hear a word from our sponsor, Anchor, and I'll come back with a little bit extra. Now, I remember after telling you about the incident, I never said who was by. 
It's by a famous uh, poet by the name of County Cullen. Uh, the incident is not one of his most famous poems, but it's one that, as you can see, still resonates with me all of these years later. You know, poetry is, like I said, an art form, a very expressive art, a very literary art. And another form of art that I love so much are comic books. Who would have thought it? Uh, first and foremost, before I begin on that one, was kind of related. I want to give a shout out to the crew of the Blood of Coin Speaks podcast who had me on last week. Uh, and we talked about uh, just uh, fragrances, uh, toilness, and comics. And I forget how much I really remember about late 80s to mid 90s X-Men comic books. Uh, ben has been so long since I actually uh, picked up one on X-Men comic book that is. But speaking of comics, a series that I have followed over the years and I've backed on Kickstarter is Crossing. Crossing is published by Red Stylo Media and I actually uh, met the publisher of Red Stylo many, many, many years ago at I want to say Philadelphia Comic Con Wizard World one year it must have been 2011 2012 and I became a fan of um, her writing specifically but just the books they put out in general uh, with their book Azteca and I really loved that book and I funded a was going to be participating in the funding of a couple Kickstarters since then and one of those Kickstarters uh, has became a series called Crossing and I bring this up because they are now currently kickstarting for the fifth issue and I believe this is the final issue but in some of the certain goals you can get you can pick up all five of the issues of the series and the series pretty much goes like this an annoying goth princess haunts the rookie train conductor who ran over her she says her death was murder made to look like suicide and she can't cross over until he helps her solve the case. Our paranormal R couple is back, ready to take on a child murdering revenge killer and save Nina's little sister. If that doesn't get you hooked, I don't know what does. I am bringing this up because, again, like I said, the Kickstarter is currently available. It passed its goal in 48 hours. It was funded, so now it's just working on stretch goals. So if you are looking out for a unique comic, a fun comic with great art and great writing. I suggest you look out for Crossing on Kickstarter. It's um it's great. There's 20 days left, so about a month now time of this recording. So we're looking at the second week of December is when the campaign will end. So you have plenty of time. Check it out, Crossing. The link for the Kickstarter will be in the show notes of this episode and just like the crossing and just like poetry fragrances are very much about an experience what a wearer and those around him or her receive and interpret from that fragrance yes boys and girls it is that time of the show again where we talk about our fragrance of the week. And this week's fragrance is a new pickup. A new pickup for under $10 pickup. I think the next podcast I'm going to dedicate solely to fragrances that I found that are under $10 and not worth it. But that's a topic for another day. But this fragrance is Womo by Emangelo Zenga. I totally butchered that. But uh, it's... 
it is it was a ten dollar pickup at um, Marshall's Home Goods I think it was I just wanted to purchase something I was not trying to spend a bunch of money I just had that itch like a good addict and I needed to scratch it <laughs> so I did and I was not disappointed so this 30 ml bottle I'm holding in my hand is 10 bucks and it's well worth the price so you're looking at top notes of citrus uh, primarily dominated by bergamot middle notes of violet leaf essence and then make base notes of cedar and vetera let me tell you I was you trying to figure out why this stood out so much because it's great on the opening but so many fragrances have a citrus bergamot ish opening so with that aspect is nothing right home about but it's that middle note that violet and how, how the violet really melts into the cedar and vetiver let me tell you the vetiver in this is really nice it is not a strong vetiver as with some of the other colognes the st john's cologne the, the vetiver i talked about a couple weeks ago but is it's a very smooth vetiver especially mixed with the woods and how the violet melts into the violet really is the star of the show because it really sets the stage for everything else and i was trying to figure out it smells like something but i couldn't put my nose on it and i believe there's a violet leaf note in Hugo Boss Bottled Night, if I remember correctly, and that's what I'm smelling, what it's reminding me of. It doesn't smell like that, but that note reminds me of that. This is definitely one that I'm not sure how crowd-pleasing it will be because I've only worn it twice at this point. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a humongous performer, especially in the winter and it's getting kind of cold out there at the moment, so I'm not sure how how it will really do once I get out into the cold. However, it is a great office scent. This is this is literally perfect for the office. It is a fragrance that is clean, that is crisp. It has a, a little bit of sensuality, but not too much. And it is definitely something that will go very well in an office setting. I dare say even a black tie scent. It, it really gives me that sort of vibe. So uh, that is, I would just say, uh, Zenger Womo, and that's U-O-M-O, -O, and there are a couple different fragrances out on the market uh, that are called uh, Womo, U-O-M-O, -O. so this is uh, Zenger Womo, and like I said, it is a cheapie, you can find a 30ml one ounce bottle for 10 bucks, most discounters, and rack stores, i.e. TJ Mark. TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Burlington, Coat Factory, places like that uh, are really good places to try to scope it out. Or online, I'm pretty much sure you can find the same bottle online for around the same price. Don't pay any more than $15 for it. Really don't. I think $15 is too much considering what you can get it for. But I, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to wearing it more and more to get a better sense of it. And also, as the temperature is dropping, I'm curious to see how it performs in the cold I really would say this is probably more if you went outside a spring-ish sort of scent um, it does last long it does last last a while I'm not sure uh, about that projection it's something I definitely have to really keep an eye on as I continue to wear it over you know however long I keep this little bottle but yeah it's it is really a really nice fragrance and 
I would say is like this bottle, I would, even at 30 bucks, I think it's worth it for the quality of the fragrance that's inside. Now, don't pay $30 for it. But I think um, that's how that is how impressed I was with it because I didn't know what to what to expect. It was very much a blind buy just because like a, like an addict, I had to scratch my itch. I had to get my fix uh, of of a fragrance while I was out shopping the other day. So yeah, it was it's great. So if you want to check it out, check it out. I don't think you'll go wrong with that fragrance, uh, even if you're not getting it for yourself, you're getting it for someone else. I think this is going to be a very safe fragrance to give as a gift or part of a gift uh, in the holiday season for that man in your life and that is it this is the end of another episode of the sartorial and geek podcast by webster style where we talk about comic books bow ties and everything in between and i have been your host webster style so today we we got the comic books we got the in between but no bow ties so i'll make sure i'll talk about bow ties next podcast and you can find more about what we do what we talk about what i talk about and write about including poetry at websterstyle.com you are going to find 11 plus years worth of content sartorial geekery as we like to say on the sites, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of personal uh, perspective on things, some poetry, some text, some gaming, and a whole lot of style are going to be found on the site. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Webster Style or at Sartorial Geek. Find us on Twitter at Webster Style. And of course, any comments, criticisms, show ideas, hey, if you want to be on a podcast, drop me a line at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com Again, that is WebsterStyleMagazine.com Info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com I should say for that email address. Again, it has been my honor to have you listening to this podcast. As always, thank you very much and remember, stay safe and be blessed. Oh, you want to say, oh, I completely read that wrong.